In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. So what are you wasting? Welcome to Girlfriend It Radio. This is Patty and Lisa, and we are all about rallying women to do the remarkable, whether that is in your organization, your family, your ministry, or in your friendships. Well, you know, it really does go back to providing resources and relationships and being resourceful, which is what we're going to be talking about today from several different angles. And with our, we're going to be talking with our guest, Nathan George, who is the founder of Trade as One. But before we inter- officially introduce Nathan, we just want to just say we're going to to kind of talk about this whole thing of being wasteful versus being resourceful. And to me, resourceful is like the positive way to say don't be wasteful. Because if you're resourceful, can you be wasteful? I don't know. That's, that's a, really a good, good question. question. <laughs> okay. So let's let's go ahead and talk to, to Nathan. Uh, Nathan is, is, is a friend of ours that we just so appreciate because he's, he's somebody who saw a need and really had to go do something about it. And uh, Nathan was convicted of the urgency of the practical action through the use of consumer spending on behalf of the global poor. And in 2006, Nathan and Kathy George founded Trade as One, which is an online fair trade company based in Santa Cruz, California. The company sells products made by the victims of uh, sex trafficking, HIV, AIDS, and the poorest of the poor. And it sees job creation among the global poor as essential in breaking cycles of poverty, abuse, and human slavery. And Nathan, he frequently speaks at conferences and churches. In fact, we had him speak at our church, and it was just, he riveted all of us. Um, He speaks on the need to engage our consumer spending in the fight against human slavery, which is such our heartbeat. And we've seen this, and, you know, we have a passion for that, especially with women. So, Nathan, we just want to welcome you to Girlfriend at Radio today. Patty, Lisa, thank you so much. It's so great to be back. Uh, thanks for what you do and for this invitation. It's terrific. Well, we so believe in, in your heart and your cause, and we just want um, our listeners right now just to hear a little bit just about your heartbeat and why you are Nathan George and why you do what you do and kind of your journey a little bit because you really were one of those people that saw a need and instead of saying somebody ought to do something about that you jumped in and did that and it meant sacrifices and it meant you know thinking creatively so can you just kind of back us into your story and about the kind of evolution of trade as one yeah, sure. Well, um, <clears throat> as you can tell from my accent, um, I'm uh, not from around here. I'm from the UK. Uh, my wife and I moved over with our three boys six years ago, really uh, at the what we thought was the end of uh, a long journey with God that had and resulted in calling us to move. But actually, we now in hindsight realize it was only just the beginning. 
Um, but I've been in business now for 18, nearly 20 years. And um, a number of years ago, eight or nine years ago, God really got hold of me and made me realize that unless in some really tangible way my faith was uh, and my life was directly connected with proclaiming good news to the poor and freedom to the captive, then I couldn't really say that I had um, fully grasped an authentic message of Jesus, an authentic gospel, and that disturbed me. So between my wife and I, we spent some time just having table fellowship with the poorest of the poor, um, and so these were women taken out of sex trafficking, people with HIV. We traveled and met about 25 different uh, businesses on the front lines of real extreme poverty and degradation. Um, and because I was so passionate about um, how business could be used, um, deliberately went out and found those businesses that um, I, I, I felt would give me an idea of what redemptive job creation looked like. And, and both my wife and I were really just completely blown away by um, the change that can happen, not just in individuals, but in whole communities when dignified uh, jobs um, are, are brought to them. And so that set us on this path of engaging in um, how we can, uh, instead of just, you know, rather than looking at a charity model, instead looking at how we engage our everyday spending to create these kind of redemptive jobs. Um, and that led us to fair trade um, in the UK. And it's a long story, but God uh, eventually called us. And I did try to get other people to do this, and I didn't want to do this myself. But God eventually <laughs> called us um, to uh, leave what we had in the UK, which was a delightful village and a very secure job and income, um, move to the States to uh, set up Traders One specifically to partner with churches um, to get them to engage their consumer spending for the gospel. Well, that whole concept, I, I remember when you were out and speaking at our church and we had a chance to dialogue, one of the things that hit me about that was you're talking about how we have control and how do we do control our spending ability, you know, and, and part of fair trade. I know we see that term fair trade a lot, and even when I go to, you know, Trader Joe's or something, they, they'll have, you know, the chocolate bars, whatever, and then it says fair trade. Mm -hmm. And so you look for that. but. Just the concept of that, I can use my spending ability more wisely. And in other words, I can I can buy from this, you know, buy this product that I normally buy, or I can buy a product that's really we know specifically is helping a woman that is trying to get out of the you know sex trafficking or dealing with AIDS or whatever. And so you know that your money is going to a good cause, which I really like. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not about charity, um, and that's not to denigrate charity. We do not do enough giving. Um, uh, we need to do more giving than than we currently do in the church. Um, so I'm not I'm not preaching against charity, but uh, but this model of just diverting some of our existing spending away from the large corporations with. Um, at best, you know, non-transparent supply chains where people at the bottom of that supply chain have no voice and are often um, treated in ways that we would find objectionable. Just taking some of that spending and directing it in, a, in the direction that creates dignified work 
for some of the most marginalized people in the world. I mean, these are people who wouldn't even have a chance at getting a sweatshop job. Um, that is a, a, a deeply redemptive way for us to bring meaning back into our everyday lives and to build justice and compassion as a practical response to the call of Jesus on where we live now, right? It's not calling me to be a missionary, abandon everything and go across the world to um, preach the gospel somewhere. It is, it is deeply affirming of how, where God has placed me and how I can respond to his message in my everyday life. Well, I, I have another question for you because I want to back it up a little bit when you made the comment, you did not want to do this, when you talk about the mm. calling. And uh, so many times I think we make all kinds of excuses. I know Lisa and I, we, we call it the broccoli on our plate when we don't want to deal with certain things. We do want to hand it off to other people and we're kind of shoving the broccoli over <laughs> to them. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting when God has called you and has given you the passion and yet you keep thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep going this route and I'm going to try to energize this passion into someone else so they can take this on. So will you just explain a little bit more, Nathan, on how when you did feel that calling, a little bit more details of, of how you kind of try to push the broccoli off your plate, but God kept pushing it back onto your plate? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, well, uh, the first thing was I was very slow to act, and I, I think that's actually a wise uh, thing to do. I, I see a lot of people jerking about, you know, seemingly called by God to do one thing one year and then another thing in the, the next. And I, I think there is a um, – God works on a, a much longer wavelength than we do, um, and sometimes frustratingly slowly. So I, I – I deliberately slowed down um, to try to listen and to investigate. I didn't want to jump into anything. But as I became convinced that the American church could be a huge um, part of a new way to um, be good news to the poor through this, this way of subverting our spending, um, I uh, and this is a time when I was still in my software job traveling all over the states while I was living in the UK I would always slope off to when I was at a business meeting say in Atlanta or Boston I would always slope off and meet a a missions pastor or, or a, uh, of a mega church or an evangelical thought leader or an author and just say you know the largest consumer economy in the world um, with you know, 30% of the population attending church on any given Sunday. This is a huge opportunity. Why isn't anyone doing anything about this? Could they do something about this? And um, I, I was universally told it was a very dumb idea. Uh, actually, somebody told me, um, uh, a very influential actual figure said, you need to understand this, Nathan. Americans are consumers first and Christians second, and you will never get the church to partner with you to challenge the pervasive consumer culture in this country. Um, and he said that with sadness, but I think with, um, with some wisdom as well. And so I went to a couple of other organizations, fair trade organizations that were already operating here in the States and said, look, the church is 
potentially the largest single partner for you to achieve change in this country in this area of fair trade why don't you engage the church and you just was told we that's not our plan we don't want to do that hey if you want to do it um we'll support you but it's not what we want to do and so i i tried i tried to get other people to do it um but uh, eventually this came down to just one piece of wisdom from one of my mentors. And after a number of weeks and months of considering how I could get something started in the States, um, they said, hey, uh, well, this we're might... that thought. We're going to come right back. Right okay. Thank you. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame even though you really want to be unleashed, like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. We are talking right now with Nathan George, who is a business development specialist, and he, and he likes to say he's an amateur theologian and, and a bad but but improving surfer. And I love all that. And, and Nathan, we're just having just a great dialogue because you um, saw a need 
and you uh, felt the calling of God and to do something about with this whole thing in the issue of fair trade and talking about just, you know, helping us to understand just the power of our spending and how we can be more intentional with that and, and more resourceful with how, how we spend our money and how, how our money is, is used and just to helping other people. So can you just kind of continue the dialogue with us and just kind of educate and inform us on what this fair trade is and what you offer? Because you're talking about partnering with churches. And you made a comment that uh, really kind of like stung. You said the American church at large, somebody, you know, a, a wise person told you we're more about consumerism than Christianity. Um, and I think there's more truth in that than we all want to admit to, which really, like I said, it's kind of an ouch thing. So can you kind of just expand on that and what it looks like um, for trade is one when you go in and you partner and you work with a church? And I know you have programs. And, and before I, I let you talk, I just want to say, I, I love it because you can get on your website, and I did some Christmas shopping last year um, just through your organization, and, uh, you know, people love the gifts. It was just a great way to just even, to, you know, use my buying power with Christmas. So can you just explain all that and what you guys offer? Sure. Um, so one of the things that uh, we find is, is probably the most deeply resonant thing about what we do is that people are... Uh, really hungry for moving beyond just awareness raising, right? There's a lot of awareness raising around there, around, um, and, and people, for, once people understand some of the more intractable issues that need fixing in this world, um, very often the response in terms of action for them is, well, why don't you just write a check to this charity and they'll go away and fix this? And it's, it's really not very satisfying. And so we find that when we say, look, here is how to engage something that you do every day um, for the gospel. This is a practical, um, very tangible response to an issue of human trafficking. You are giving a job to a woman who's been brought out of trafficking. Without that final step in the chain, she is just as vulnerable to being sucked back into that life as she ever was. So by buying a product, you can make sure that she stays out of that trap. Um, so that there's a, there's a deep desire to, to engage practically. Um, and there's also a, a desire that says... Um, you know, don't call me to, you know, rush off and be a missionary somewhere. Show me how I can live gospel in my everyday life. And so what we've, what we've learned over the last six years is we, we have in the past kind of partnered with churches. I guess it's similarly to the way that we partnered with yours, uh, Lisa, and people have got excited about the connection between their faith and their spending, and they've bought a product for a gift. But we have found that that's kind of been like a one-off thing. They haven't come back to the website and continue to purchase. And so a number of people, actually from the very beginning, from when we started, have said to us, look, we want to build justice and compassion into habitual practices of how we consume. So can you make that easy for us? So that's where our um, business model is evolving to. It's more of a subscription program where you say, every season we will send you um, things that you're going to love. This is all natural, all organic, very healthy, um, high-quality food, so chocolate and olive oil and um, beans and, uh, you know, rice and jams and things like that. 
Um, and so you just subscribe to this, and then every season you get a box, and in that box you learn the stories of the people behind the products. You learn new recipes. You introduce your friends to the concept. Introduce your family. It's a great talking point for your kids on why we do this. And so that's where our model is evolving to away from just a one-off purchase and into getting people to join with us to change their habits. You know what, that totally makes sense because I'm listening to it because it is one of those things, unless it's really point of mind, you, it, you, you know, you, you can get caught up in the moment, like you said, the one-time thing, and then it just, if it's not right there in your, our face, unfortunately, we don't think about it. And, and it's not because we don't want to, it's just, you know, too many other things in life come across our path. But just keeping the awareness, that's a great way to just keep the awareness in front of us and make, it, and make us just aware of what, you know, here's other options for your spending and making it easy. And I, I like all that because you're having a box. It's, it's easy. It's right there. Um, so what would you say if, to our listeners if they're, if they're from a church or they're from an organization and they want to get involved or they want to, what, what would that look like or, or what would they, so be some of their steps? Well, um, our website has a whole host of information, so you can go to tradeasone, all spelled out, dot com, um, so tradeasone.com, and then forward slash change is the program that I've just spoken about of um, subscribing to uh, a seasonal box of things that get sent to you. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we do. And then we have specialist programs for partnering with churches. Uh, one of the things that we do is a five-day rice and beans fast where people eat um, in solidarity with those on a dollar a day for five days. And, you know, it's a profoundly moving experience where you, your body goes through rhythms of hunger every day and you realize as you're tempted to satiate that hunger with some snack or something, there's a, there's a billion people who don't have that option. And so we have a whole program around how a church can engage in that. Um, and then there's other programs, particularly around the gift-giving period in, in, in the fall and Advent season, how we can get people to think before they go and spend their money at Target or wherever, um, just to say, could some of these gifts be... Um, be uh, you know bought in a way that creates a job for a woman taken out of trafficking. So those are those are the uh, the com is is the place for those programs to be found but more than anything I think you know next year we are going to be pushing really um all of our efforts behind this subscription program because we've just found it uh, really popular and and it just makes so much sense in so many ways. Yeah, it really, really does. Like I said, it, you're making it easier, making it just right there in, in front of people. Um, I just want to ask you, as Patty and I know, when anytime you start anything, if, if you feel God is calling you to do something and to just be obedient to that call requires a lot of different challenges and even sacrifice. Mm -hmm. What has been, just on a personal note, um, what has been some of the your challenges and, and that you would just address to people? Because... It is always so comforting to know when you're starting something, just because God calling you someplace doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And you really have to hang in there and, and just make sure, first of all, that it's faith and prayer. But then you surround yourself with people to encourage. And I think it's it's important to have those cheerleaders around us. How would you encourage somebody when they go to, to go for it, to go forward with a calling and to be obedient and, and just addressing some of those obstacles that, that come in front of you? How do you overcome that? Oh, that's... Um... 
That's that's the deepest question of all, right? Um, in in one way, the calling, because the calling does not come from you, it's not manufactured, and you have to make sure that it isn't. So there are, you know, there's some wise things that you can engage in to make sure that it isn't just you speaking to yourself. So surround yourself with um, wise people who can speak truth to you, not tell you things you want to hear, but really speak truth to you. Um, but it, it, every call, I mean, Jesus, Jesus says, you know, to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross, which in foresight is doing something that looks like humiliation and that looks like failure. There's no doubt that when Christ was walking to the cross, it looked like a total disaster and failure. And so he says, I, I want you to walk with me on this journey. He says, deny yourself, which is to give up those things to which we feel we are entitled, and to follow a specific calling on your life. Now, that is a, a very difficult, it's the most difficult thing a human being can engage in, but um, it is where the deepest joys in our lives occur. And I have... I have begun to understand the Psalms in a way that I've never understood them in my life. They are deep cries of anguish, and they are profound proclamations of God's truth and hope and His justice. And just spending time in the Psalms, um, being able to just constantly come back to Him and say, Everything is yours. It, it's all yours, and I don't, I don't, I don't have the ability to let go of it all. But I know through your spirit, I can. I think those are that. That is the, the most difficult thing we can do. But you know, I've come to know uh, things about God that I would never have known without this. Um, and more than anything else, know how much He accepts and loves me. And I don't think I would have got to know that had I not done something that is approaching taking up my cross and uh, denying myself. So it, it is a deeply rewarding journey, um, but there's no doubt. It's, there, there's deep-seated um, self-centeredness in each one of us, and God's work is to pry our hands off of that self-centeredness and have them in an open stance in front of him to accept whatever he gives us. Okay, I, I just got to tell you, when we, when part of your your bio introduction, you say that you're an amateur theologian, uh, I would contradict that, and I think Patty and I are sitting here listening, going, that, that was profound. Some of the things that you have just shared, real and from the heart, and things that we need to be reminded of. And, uh, and I love you talking about the Psalms and going back to and just seeing how much you know the angst involved in anything you're going to go forward with in a calling because it's not going to be easy and love how you said you know surround yourself with wise people who won't tell you what you want to hear but really will speak the truth um and that are godly people healthy people and that's such a key thing that we need to be reminded of and just that that god loves us so deeply in the midst of of the journeys mm -hmm. and just love the reminder of all of that and, and we have got to go and take a break but again we want to thank you so much for
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, if you are just now joining us on this part of the show and you missed the first two segments, we highly recommend that you start this over and listen to this podcast because in our first two segments, we were talking with Nathan George, who is the founder of Trade as One, which... Is, it's all it's about fair trade, but it's so much more than that. And, and to really summarize what he said, I don't think I can. But a couple of highlights is they they really try to go in and, and talking about the whole wasteful and resourceful, really help people that are marginalized really live a life that is sustainable through um, empowering them to to be able to use what their giftedness, their their trade, and that we use our spending as Americans to support them. And I didn't probably say that as well as he, I know I didn't say it as well as he did, but it was, it was so profound what he was saying and just, and he was somebody that saw a need and, and said, okay, somebody needs to do something about that, which probably it's me, which I don't want to do. And he's like, he said, I put it off for a while, which a lot of us do when you see a need you go, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. You have to hear it like 13 oh, you times. Do. You have to hear it so many times. And then you, and then we analyze, we overanalyze, we Google it. We, you know, we get a, a survey. Well, I even like, um, how he answered uh, about when you know that, that God is calling you and he made the comment, 
um, you know, obviously go to wise counsel as we know, because sometimes you feel like, oh, the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this. And it might be, he used the term manufactured. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure it's not a manufactured calling. And I thought that was really good because so many times, you know, we have. And how do you know that? I know. We have women come to us Mm -hmm. and say, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do, but X, Y, Z. And that's one of the things that, that we will suggest, you know, put a proposal together as if you're putting it into someone and in that proposal have somewhat of a business plan, even though we're not big on business plans because, because they've changed daily, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but at least it helps you think, think it through where you're not just saying, I want to write a book because I have a story and it's like, okay, put that down on paper and you might think differently about that. If God's really calling you to write that book or you really do have, you know, a hundred pages to, to write. Well, and I think a, a myth too about when you feel like you're called to do something and because we are all wired, we want to know that we matter and that we have a purpose, especially as women. That's the common cry of their heart. I want to know that I matter and that God has a purpose for my life and that there's something that I could be doing. I just don't want to sit around and watch life happen around mm-hmm. me. But then how do I know, like you said, is it manipulative? It really is God's calling. And then to do, to act it out, to live your purpose, as we know, there's a myth, I think, that sometimes if it's in, if God's calling you, it's going to be easy. And that is so, it's, it's opposite of that because that's, you know, the enemy wants to just mm-hmm. kind of put the obstacles and, and, in, in our path. But whenever you're feeling called by God to do something, it is going to be a challenge, but it's going to be like he even said, it's the greatest thing ever because you experience the peace and you know that you're, you're doing something that's significant. Mm-hmm. That is your deepest joy, but it looks like a total disaster or failure. Yes, and that's what he said. Sometimes when you're on your on that journey, it looks like a total failure is about ready to happen, mm-hmm. and and that a lot of us stop. We go, mm-hmm. this is going to be a total failure. We don't want failure. We avoid it, so we stop, and we we miss you know seeing it through and experiencing that joy that he talked about. So. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of great little... Well, that was a, he painted a fabulous picture of just Jesus getting under the cross. As you're watching, you know, I'm sure the crowds were looking at that going, this is a total failure. I mean, yeah. he lost. He didn't win. He didn't conquer. You know, where where's Jesus, this man that I used to, you know, wait for hours just to listen to the words that would come out of his mouth. And now look at what they're doing to him. And we do. We in this time frame in this season might see it as a total failure. And yet that could be where we're moving to get the deepest joy and to really deny ourselves and, and move forward. But it's really hard in our culture to deny ourselves. And I know you posted the question out to many of our listeners on, um, being resourceful. Where, where do you, uh, where, uh, how, what did you say? The wasteful? Are you wasteful or are you resourceful? Well, because the wasteful and resourceful, it, that was kind of the, the thing that led Nathan to go to action, to go trade, you know, to establish trade as one um, and the whole fair trade thing. But I just remember, because he takes you, you know, talk about consumerism with our, our Western culture and our American church. We are primarily consumers and secondary Christians, which you go, whoa, okay. But that's more true than we want to admit. But I just remember a couple of years ago when we went on a, a missions trip to, um, to Peru, and we were deep in the Amazon jungle where there's nothing, and we all had, like, water bottles because there's no clean water there. They literally use that river to bathe in, to brush their teeth in, to drink water from everything. And we decided not to drink that water when the we dog 
I think you were a little tempted a few times because you think that, you know, you've only had food poisoning eight times, you remind me. I was only going to swim in it. I said, it's fine to swim in. And you're like, but Patty, if you swim, it's going to get in your mouth. And the dolphins are blind. Okay. That should be your biggest. There's dolphins in the water that are blind. So what does that tell you? And, and you did we just we just got our feet in there but we didn't get that you know and it was funny because I remember and we were digressing but there was a gal that thought oh I'm fine and when she went swimming and then a couple days later she was violently ill well we are digressing but the funny thing is when we were you know kind of rolling up our our jeans and getting in the ocean and I was thinking about at that point maybe even water skiing is that uh there was a whole group of men that were you know kind of taking care of us they were our, our security when they were whacking the water with their sticks to get the piranhas to move out of the way <laughs> that's where <laughs> my toes then moved back on yes, shore and maybe not so much in, in this case but i okay back to the original why i brought up peru you don't want to talk it wasn't about, about piranhas. swimming no i don't want to talk about piranhas um but I just remember being aware of how many, you know how many times like you have people over and you do something and you have water bottles, you serve water bottles. And then at the end of the evening or the time you collect, you find all these water bottles that were half, you know, half full. So still sitting around and you have to dump them because you don't know who drank them. Drives me crazy. Drives you crazy. Well, it was, it was so magnified when we were, when we were in Peru because they don't have any clean drinking water and they would die to have that, those bottles. Literally. Yes. That was good, actually. <laughs> I about that for a moment. Um, but it's like you, how wasteful we are with everything. We just take it and use what we want and then discard what's left over. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about the leftover part that the rest of the world would crave to mm-hmm. have. And I, I think that that started my thinking going, okay, where am I wasteful? And that just kind of led us to a path. And we, like we said, we put out to our listeners, in what area of your life are, are you wasteful? Are you wasting time? Do you waste food? Do you waste opportunities? Do you waste money? And that's the things that was addressing is, you know, we waste a lot of our spending. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and when you put that question out there, so many of us were saying, you know, we waste time because obviously we're answering your question. <laughs> That we have time to, to read and, and to communicate that way. Uh, but I, what we thought was interesting that in America, we think, oh, we're wasting opportunities or we're wasting time. But rarely do we really see how much food and water we do waste. And it says, um, as researching, that the average American family throws away 14% of their their food. And that's almost $600 every year in meats, fruits, vegetables, and, you know, just rice, all the stuff that, and, and we all see that we're all at the end of the week. Or okay, but I, can, I interrupt here because I don't think you are that wasteful because I remember, <laughs> I think it was just last year, you and your refrigerator, you, you do store things, but, and it was, you, you did, you know, you try to squeeze out every last thing because expiration dates don't really mean a lot to you and, and it was so so funny because yesterday or the other day you and your daughter and I were talking because Kaylee and I are one if it has an expiration date I don't take a chance so I will you know toss it and my drives my husband crazy because he's like okay you know what some of those expiration dates they're just trying to get you to buy again Absolutely. and you have yes. that same mentality of however you take it a little bit to the extreme and you have had food poisoning, not once, not twice, but eight times. And I look at that, and that highly motivates me to toss my expert, expired products. But, but I think you take the cake because one time, just I think last year, we found something in your pantry, and it was dated, if I recall, 2001. 
actually in my refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> Shows you how often I cook, especially bake, because it was, it was an entire package of flour that was dated 2001. And I was thankful that you were there to witness it. So you could it brought you much leaks. It was a good story. <laughs> However, it made me cringe going, please tell me you have not used that at all in the past few years. Well, and that would know, kind of coincide with your cooking, like you said, your culinary skills. <laughs> I believe since it was in my refrigerator, though, that does stop. The, You're not a pastry chef. <laughs> that does stop those uh, bull weevils or whatever if it's in your freezer or your refrigerator. Because, um, okay, this is really, really, well, I won't go there. Maybe another time I'll, I'll tell you a bull you weevil. You can't do that to us. You can't do that. <laughs> no, okay, we're digressing. I, I okay, it. we'll save the, that story for another time. But talk about this food, it, it, and it does say that we, we waste Forty percent of the food from the time that from the farm to the table to the weights thing, and you know what? I don't think that's far fetched because I even look every every once in a while. I have to go through my refrigerator, my pantry, my freezer, and I am so guilty. And every time, like I said, those expiration dates because things get stuck in the back, and then you don't see them, and then you buy new stuff, and and you use the stuff that's up front first of all. Because in my pantry and stuff, and I just did that a while ago, and it makes me cringe at the stuff I'm throwing away because I do feel so wasteful. Yeah. Well, what we've done to try to save money, which is good. You know, we go to places like Sam's Club and Costco where you buy in bulk. Yes. But the problem is then many times we don't eat in bulk. Well, some of us do, but we probably <laughs> should work on that. But I, it's interesting. One tip that uh, I had just discovered recently, like for since Thanksgiving is soon around the corner, when you are, when you do have all of this food and you're the feeding all these people immediately put it in containers and put it in your refrigerator because we let it sit out forever for those who want to graze. And if we do put it in a container, we wait for it to cool down. And they're saying not to wait for it to cool down, put it in the refrigerator, just kind of give some space there so it can you know cool faster. And then it's going to last longer. So then you don't get that food poisoning. <laughs> so that's a good note. That is a good tip. Really good for you to, to, to yes, because... Yeah, and leftovers are the best thing. Okay, so we're digressing again, but it's great tips because we're talking about just being more resourceful with our time, with our money, with our food, with our spending. And when we come right back, we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to kind of di- you know, dialogue a little bit more about this. And just what are some practical things we can do to avoid wasting and to be more resourceful? You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Patty and Lisa. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. 
Monday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio with Lisa and Patty. And today we are talking about being resourceful versus being wasteful. And uh, we've had some pretty interesting conversations. I even want to go back to you had talked about when we were in Peru and just seeing how wasteful we are here when, in comparison with just even down to the water bottles. And I know we, we pretty much have all grown up where you're sitting at the table and, you know, your mom or your dad says they're starving in Africa. How can you dare throw that food away? And, you know, especially as a child, you're like, well, what here, then send my food to Africa. You know, here's, here's my sweet potato that I don't want to eat. And you can be empathetic (laughs) and you can, because you do, you, you aren't apathetic and you don't have that compassion until you really are over there and you truly see it. And, um, it would be really neat to give everybody that global perspective of what is, is taking place. And I know even when you, are there when we went to Africa just last year? Um, there was uh, in the, in the ministry that we were there with one of the guys. His wife was having a baby, and we thought, you know what? We need to our American culture. You need to have a baby shower. We're consumers, and we don't think anything of it. That's just uh, letting them know, you know, hey, we love you. We want to throw a baby shower for you. We would like to give your wife a gift. We would like to give your baby a gift because. Our consumer mentality, that is what we do. And it was really interesting because as we had shared that with one of the other individuals on the team, they said, oh, no, 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 we we don't, we don't do the the baby showers here unless you're providing 
like food or, you know, milk or something, something that's practical, something practical. And we said, well, we would just like to get like a little gift, like a little outfit or, you know, maybe just one toy. And he, he, he looked us right in the eyes and said, you don't understand. There is no place to put these items. Mm-hmm. And and we were inside their homes, and, and there really is no place. There is no place. They don't have the shelves. They they just wear the the you know one outfit, and then they wash it, and they put it back mm-hmm, on. So mm-hmm. for us to it was it was almost offensive for, for what we were thinking. Oh no, we need to give them a gift. We love them. We want to express this you know gratitude. And they're going no 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 no. Not only that, when they see that oh you've been with Americans and now you have this gift, it just once again looks like you know, they're just here to give, give, give rather than as, as Nathan is saying, we're here to show you, train you, guide you that you can also be resourceful with the gifts that, that you have in your talents and your skills. Well, like what Nathan was saying with trade is one, they're not about charity. Mm-hmm. We're just going to hand out, which is what we are so quick as mm-hmm. Americans to do. We see something, we're like, we'll just, we'll solve the problem by handing out money. And that isn't sustainable. It's like a quick fix for the moment, but then it gives people relying on that instead of really helping them and teaching them um, how they can do something that's sustainable and give them a role and a purpose, mm-hmm. which we love that whole concept with, with trade is one and what he's talking about. But we saw that in even in, in Africa, talking about the whole wasteful, they don't waste a thing. And you remember, we were we were we went to some village and it was in the slums actually, and they they were selling one of the the families there. They were taking used tires, and then they were cutting out of those and making sandals out of them. Mm-hmm. And they were they were very cool mm-hmm. actually. And just how they really don't waste anything. They are very resourceful. And that has really challenged me in my thinking to, to be, how can I be more resourceful with things? Is there, is there another purpose to something besides what I think there is? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that was cool about they were making these sandals out of the, the tight. They were also using um, the leather straps. That was one of the things that they, they did have to purchase. And we were able just to have a conversation with them and say, you know, you have a lot of fabric here and they have, you know, beautiful, bold colors that they were um, sewing the, this fabric and making, you know, purses and different things that you could actually use the fabric on the sandals as well. And so many times that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we're checking up with somebody else and going, how can I make this better? How can I tweak this just a little mm-hmm. bit? And I think even um, with just our own homes to look around and I'm not saying that you have to. Um, you know, you can never buy anything new again, but I, I, I do have a tendency to even right now, you're a minimalist and you love the secondhand stores. And in fact, I'm going to tell a story, which I know you won't mind because I'm mocking you and you love that. But I remember, I think it was even last year, you told your husband, Kevin, you said for our anniversary, let's go buy each other a gift from the, from the thrift store. (laughs) Am I right? Okay. (laughs) And I even remember going, what, really? You're going to go to a thrift store? It was like your challenge. And I think even Kevin went, do I really have to go to the thrift store to buy you a gift? And you just see that it's like, it was, you know what? I, I ended up doing that. He, you're right, had no part in that. <laughs> and most of it, so what we're not saying is, because you would, you know, you love all the secondhand stuff, which I love. I love garage sales. Totally love going to garage sales because it's like, um, you get some really cool, unique things there. Yeah. And, and I love that. And it's always, it's like the hunt. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to come home with something that I know is like the prize of the day that 
it's really cool that I never would have seen. And so it's, it's a challenge. It's the journey. It's the experience. But, and we're not saying don't go buy something new that that's wrong. We're not taking it to that extreme. But, but this day and age, especially for those, I have a niece that's getting ready to have a baby and you know, you, you buy it brand new because it's your first baby and it has to look all cute and match everything. And I, and I get that you do want, but it's only there for a couple of months. I mean, it really, you rotate some of that yeah. baby stuff out so quickly. And with Craigslist and secondhand stores and garage sales, you can find amazing things. So I do think we can be a little bit more resourceful in, in going out there. And <laughs> I know you're laughing. And, and I also, oh, I, I totally think, agree with the resourcefulness. I, I just, you just, because you're quirky on some of these things. It just makes me laugh. It's always a good story. And I, you're very entertaining with your resourcefulness sometimes. <laughs> well, I just think that we can. Wait, I, have, I have to tell the story. I just remember this a few years ago. We went, I think it was like Baja Fresh to, to eat lunch. And I was amazed at, I ordered one thing, which I thought was my main entree. And you made that entree into um, a salad an entree, an appetizer, and something else because you took the lettuce and that was like your salad and you added some things to it. You had the entree, which had the, like the flour tortilla, and then you took something. You, were, you And I just... Because they grew up on their corn tortilla. Yeah, they do. So you took one of the corn tortillas and you made it into something else. So you took this one meal that was, like in my mind, one entree, which I was amazed and I was challenged and I was, you know... I, I, I've never seen that done. And you I, made a four-course meal out of one entree. And I thought, you know what? That is very resourceful, a little quirky, but very resourceful. I'm the baby of six. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, and I love that. And you know what? It just goes back to we are so one-dimensional sometimes in looking at things in life. You know, well, and my kids wouldn't be as, as happy at my resourcefulness because there are times that I take everything out of the refrigerator and I put it in a casserole dish and I just put an entire package of cheese on it and I call it a casserole. And you know, if you really, if you put cheese on anything, it, it can taste Or you good. have a mushroom soup. There you too. go. Oh, that works too. <laughs> the only thing that I found that really ruins it, if tuna is a part of that ingredient, it kind of gives it a different you taste. You absolutely love tuna so, on everything and... It doesn't always go with everything. <laughs> but cheese definitely fixes everything. That's my tip for the day is add cheese when you're cleaning out your fridge and, and you'll, you'll be okay. 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 I'm going to talk. Let's get off, uh, off that little food for a minute because one of the things that is a challenge, and, and I'm not saying either way, pro or con, it's just when we come to our coffee because we were talking about that the other day. It's a different generation. Like when we were growing yes. up, we, we didn't have the coffee houses and the Starbucks and the Dunkin' Donuts and all those places like we do today. But and it now it's like it's an entitlement and you need your coffee fix for the day, yes. which I need my caffeine fix. You know, I, I really do for and the day. Is one is a great place for you to go look for yeah, coffee. some coffee and get some, some outstanding coffee. But it's interesting because they were saying we will be willing to spend $5 for just a drink at Starbucks, but because it's a cappuccino, it's a, it's a latte, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, you know, one of our drinks where just a cup of coffee is like 15 cents. And they say that if you spend $5 a day, five days a week, for, for a coffee, you're spending over $1,000 a year just in coffee. And we see people doing that a lot. 
including us, because we and have I'm a not lot sure of, there's anything wrong because we we, we go have a lot to of coffee houses yes. a lot of times with meetings. I love it. And in fact, I just have to put a side note in that that um, pumpkin lattes are coming <laughs> to Starbucks September fourth, okay. and I actually put it out that if anybody wants to meet um, at two o'clock that afternoon for a cup of coffee, we'll have a pumpkin latte girlfriend party to celebrate. Because you know, I love everything pumpkin, and this is my season. It is your season. You it is my season. This, this I own this season like you own summer. So I'm so excited about the pumpkin latte. So I just had to throw that in there because I still buy a pumpkin. But however, I do, I figured out how to do like a, a cheaper version of it there. Yes. Where I don't have to buy the latte. You can just add the pumpkin spice to your regular coffee. We're progressing again because it's being resourceful. I yes. feel very resourceful for that. So you can save a little bit. But, um, you know, this is whole thing. We just want to just challenge people because we've talked a lot today uh, just, a, a, you know, about discovering your calling, you know, from discovering your calling and acting on something where you see a need and you got to do something. And maybe there's an area in your own life that you see a need going, I need to change something mm-hmm. or maybe I need to redirect a little bit and just being willing to go to do that. And, you know, like I love what Nathan said to bring in wise counsel around you that can speak into you, not just tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear and, and just being willing to go out and risk failure or risk the image of failure Mm -hmm. to accomplish something. And then just looking at life and how can you look at something and go, can I be more resourceful with this? Whether it's my time, whether it's, you know, money, whether it's my spending, whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. And even having the girlfriend come over, we just had a girlfriend that moved that as she was cleaning out her house, just to make it presentable enough for the walk around, um, she filled up storage units. I mean, and, you sit there and you go, yeah, what can I really walk through my house and maybe what I have is just more stuff on a table. You can give it to somebody else and it would be a treasure. So even have a girlfriend walk through and go, you don't need this anymore and you don't need this anymore. And really be resourceful even in that area where when you're wandering through TJ Maxx or Ross, that you don't always have to just these purchases continuously where we are, we are the biggest consumers, even in, in the state where you think that we're in a recession, you go, but the stores and the malls are and packed. Even just resourcing with your time. Are you spending a lot of time on Facebook, a lot of time, social media, which was a lot of women were saying. So our challenge to you this day is look at an area of your life where you can be more resourceful and less wasteful and go make it happen. Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 